Next on MLR Weekly, Rugby New York turned Team USA legend in the making, Caleb Geiger. Rugby Morning's John Fitzpatrick with headlines and news. And Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with needs for Chicago and Dallas, plus rumors and trades. Rugby Wrap-Up's MLR Weekly brought to you by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig & Whistle, New York City. The world's best rugby pub. And... Lean and limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. to this week's MLR Weekly as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up Matt McCarthy in New York City. Thank you for joining us. We have another great show for you today, including Team USA and Rugby New York, now legend in the making, Caleb Geiger, and Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with uh, needs of Dallas and Chicago, plus other stuff. But before we do any of that, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. John, welcome back. What do you got for us? Hey, Matt, how about some MLR Futures action? The 2023 fall college rugby season kicked off overseas. That's right, and I, and I bet I know where it was. Well, if it's anything from your accent, it's definitely not Muncie, Indiana. But yes, Navy beat Notre Dame 78-0 in Dublin, Ireland. No luck for the Fighting Irish in the land of Aaron Gobra. It's Navy, the defending CRA D1A national champions, scored 12 tries. Yeah, the Fighting Irish looked like the Frightened Irish going against the Naval Academy. And of course, Gavin Hickey returning home to his native soil of Ireland, the head coach of Navy. And Navy off to a great start defending that crown. Heavy the crown. Next! God save the Queen, man. Hey, speaking of God save the Queen, even though she's dead, let's stay on that side of the pond. I gotta bring up Fiji's first ever win over England. A 30-22 win at Twickenham in the final Rugby World Cup. Tune up for both sides. Matt, I gotta ask you a question. So in Pool D, you got England facing Japan, Argentina, Samoa, and Chile. Do you think they're gonna get out of Pool D? No, I don't. I don't. I think they're, uh, they're the wheels are off. They're they're off the rails. Uh, they're sp- spiraling downward. All the cliches. I think England or showed this past weekend against Fiji that they are in serious serious trouble. And why would you bring that up on this show is beyond me. But next, <laughs> well, Matt, let's bring it back stateside because I got to call out the performance of the USA men's. U23 7 squad as they competed in Rugby Towns 7. There were three MLR draft picks that competed on the squad. Oren Bizzer for the Houston Sabercats, Noah Brown for the Chicago Hounds, and Will Chevalier, my French is terrible. Chevalier. Chevalier, thank you, for the New England Free Jacks. All three players will be MLR rookies heading into the 2024 MLR season, so some names to keep an eye on. Yeah, some great competition, great names on all the teams out there, and it's just a great thing. I'm going to keep saying the word great, uh, but it's excellent uh, exposure for these players. Uh, And, you know, the stakes, they're playing for money. That's like a good little taste, you know. They get a big check out there from Mayor Mike Dunifin. What else you got? 
Matt, that's all I got. I got to say, the, the, the calendar's flipping over to September, and we've got some Rugby World Cup games. I think Ireland's going to win it. That's just my bet. Uh, well, if they if they can keep Sexton healthy or produce that second fly half, I think they can do it. They they can do it. But the Springboks are just a machine when they when they when the when the chips are down or whatever you want to say, they are good. Watch out for the Springboks. So it could be a green on green, right? And not with the green from Australia. Certainly, Eddie Jones sucks moose balls. On that note, we have to take a break, and we'll be right back after this. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. You need your cleats? You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. And we are back, and we have the pleasure of welcoming in Mr. Caleb Geiger, the absolute legend in the making of Team USA and, of course, Rugby New York's Ironworkers, Caleb, welcome to MLR Weekly. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, Caleb, you know, you know me. I tend to exaggerate things, but literally, you didn't start playing rugby for what, 2021? Uh, yes, sir. January January 2021 was um, when I got uh, got found and began be, began this entire rugby journey that I've been on. Now, I know it started with what, the American Raptors in Colorado, in Glendale? Yeah, yes. So it started with um, what was actually the Colorado XOs. And then from the XOs, it turned itself into the American Raptors. Right. And then, um, but yeah, that, that was that was where I got, uh, got my start. Yeah. All right. But, okay, when you say I was found, what what, what does that mean? What how did, what happened? Um, I was uh, with... With my at the time, I was just uh, working with for my old man, and my old man's a logger, and my brother, my older brother, and I, and a bunch of my buddies from back home. We were just wow, we were just going out to have a few beers with each other, and got on the beers for a while. And at that time, it was COVID, so all the bars in Denver were shut down, but small town Colorado bars stayed open. And um, Peter Pask, that was with the Raptors, found me and. Asked if I wanted to come out and try out for what they were having was the XOs, and I, you know, I thought he was, you know, joking with me. I was, you know, a couple right, beers wait, deep. Wait a minute, bar. wait a minute. So he was in the bar. Yeah, so he was in. He was in the 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 bar that that all my uh, my buddies and brother and I were at, and and we all thought he was joking. Honestly, yeah. I was like, well, like you know, we're we're a couple beers deep, and we're like, what what could this guy really want from us right now? You know. And um, that's, yeah. that's incredible. That's incredible. But what's even more incredible is the the last month or the last couple of days that you've had prior to coming on this program, because you are now a new father. Yeah, yes, sir. So uh, it's an absolute blessing, and um, you know, always count your blessings because I got home got home from tour right on time, and you know, all the very thankful for the boys on tour. We're always checking in on the misses and asking how we were doing and got home just in time and she started having contractions the day I got home and went straight to the hospital. Wow. Wow. Yes, that, 
That's incredible. And, and we're going to back it up now. We're going to go. This is like a Quentin Tarantino movie. We're going to jump all over sequentially right. and, and none of it will make any sense, but it will sort of in, in the end. So let's walk it back a little bit. Right. Coming off the MLR season with New York, you out of nowhere start playing tighthead. I mean, you were playing hooker, so it's not out of nowhere your introduction to the front row, but I'm just talking early stages of a rugby career, and you're doing it on the professional level. You go from hooker to tighthead prop, and, I, and I'm and i just, you know, people are just like, oh, what? You know, so talk us through that, that transition and how you were able to be successful or are being successful so quickly. Uh, it, had, it had kind of been brought up before the transition to just to kind of widen the toolboxes to be able to play another front row position. And then the way New York's um, injuries stacked up immensely last year, we, we kind of needed, we needed it. So um was able to fill that for, for the team. And then um, I, I don't mind it. I really like it. I like hooking. I like playing tight end. I like playing rugby in general. So, um, it, it it was a it was a way to get me on the field and um we ran with it and I'm very blessed to have um uh, Ben Epiecki Biggs there at New York obviously with his background made the transition into tight head very um very easily great great there and then also you know um, Nick Nick Mayhew has a lot of experience and was able to help you know the entire front row with Butch and and all the boys really helped get me um. You know, we, we had we had to learn the position pretty quick, so got me up to speed as fast as we could. And you know, even you can go back and look. There's there's a lot of growing pains that comes with tight head. So, um, and then uh, yeah, because yeah. it's it's you know it's a complicated position for the most part. And how quickly did you feel comfortable? Yeah, you know, I don't know if you ever feel completely comfortable, um, but uh. I mean, even yeah, I, I don't honestly wouldn't say you're 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 always 100% comfortable in there. Um, at least for me, at, at this point, it's um, like I said, with the coaching and then going into camp with Blake, Blake Bradford has has been immense, and also just other other guys with tons of experience there. Um, Paul Mullen from Utah has been great. Um, so you know those guys that have a little more experience in the in the position and in the front row have been great to to learn from. How much of a thrill was it playing for Team USA for you? Oh, extreme. So it's a it's a it's emotional. It definitely it's very emotional for me and and what I man, you know, I believe in I believe in it so much and I, I love I love my country. So it's you know it's, uh, it's just a dream and um, pretty pretty special. And then to get to get to do it with some of the New York boys, you know, is uh, makes it even that much special, you know. Well, you, you you mentioned the New York boys and you mentioned emotion. We spoke just after the elimination game against DC, and you you took that pretty hard, and you were taking it sort of, you know, in a sense, you were saying you you were taking it personally. What was your takeaway now, looking back on that game? Those tough losses, you know, you. At least myself, I tend to reflect and back to myself. You know, it's going to change the whole out, outcome of the game. Yeah, it's not going to change the whole outcome of the game, but there's certain instances, you know, where you you miss your role or something. You know, you miss a little detail in your setup for a scrum that you know, you know, could change that outcome in the game. 
and you look back and you know th- those are those are I guess are instances where you tend to build the most frustration with yourself when it's something that you could control in there that that you, you messed up or something so well I guess that's yeah. what makes you a professional rugby player is because you have that that accountability that self-accountability now I want to draw on your history right so you were a college baseball player and a college football what was it Concordia University and um, Seward, Nebraska. Yeah, the baseball is a whole nother box of kitten. You know, there's. Is that the I most always, difficult uh, thing? For, is that the most difficult feat in baseball? I know the foreign guys are going to get all riled up about this, but hitting a baseball is base, an incredibly, I mean, I, diff, you know, it's a difficult thing. I, think, I feel like they've done tons of studies on that, and like hitting hitting a round object with another yeah. round object is it, you know almost defies physics at a, at a point, you know, it's, it's an incredible thing. And that the, the guys that do it at the at the highest level are incredible. And even them, they'll mess up. All right. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about after life after rugby. I know that we had spoken a while back and you said you'd probably, you know, probably go back and, and do something like in, in logging perhaps, or working with um, your hands or something along those lines, construction maybe, or. I don't know if I'd go back to logging per se, but, um, Part of me just wants to buy a bunch of cows and buy some land and run a little herd of cows, but I'm not sure at this point. I I mean I I don't know. And the part of, I think um, you know, I really have developed quite a passion for rugby, and that I don't know maybe maybe coaching maybe something along those lines. You know, funny how life changes paths quickly, right? Yeah, and should ex- yeah with the with the baby, Lord only knows whatever yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, whatever helps the family out the most, we'll get it done. Now, back to the rugby with New York specifically. I know you guys uh, had a sour taste in your mouths, but the slew of injuries that you had was was crazy. It was right up there with Toronto. And you were also the champion, so everybody was gunning for you every week. And still, you you guys, you made the playoff game. You almost uh, prevailed in that despite more and more injuries. Uh, but I got to ask you about one of your teammates, Butch, Dylan the Butcher Fawcett. <laughs> Uh, it, was he instrumental in pushing you to prop so that he wasn't he didn't have you breathing down his neck for playing time? Yeah, uh, never thought of it that way. And I he's a calculated yeah. guy. He's a cunning. He's a cunning, very bright guy. Uh, oh, he's he's the man. Um, I would um train with him. It's just like anything. We at that time in the year we we needed we needed someone to to play tight head, and he was just happy that we could be on the field at the same time together. Right. So um. Which I, which, um, I was all for it, and I think it Prolif- was... the, the prolific try-scoring tandem, yeah, <laughs> of Geiger and Fawcett, because you guys are you score tries all the time. So yeah, I mean he, I can't say he he masterminded it, but I think he, I think we both we both uh, really enjoyed being able to step on the field together at the same time, actually. So. Well, it's a it's a as a fan, it's a lot of fun to watch. All right, but I I know you're busy specifically with domestic ish uh, uh, responsibilities right now as a new dad. But here's a question for you. Would you rather hit a home run to win the World Series, score a touchdown and win the Super Bowl, or score a try to win, win the Rugby World Cup? Uh, World Cup. Wow. Do. Yeah. Wow, no, have, no hesitancy I, I, whatsoever. I would, but I have I have explained to a lot of the, the boys that have never played baseball. Like when you when you do square up a baseball and you just send that ball, you know, 400 feet, it is one of the most oh. incredible feelings in the world. It's like, and then you get to, you know, you don't get to 
rub it in to an individual's face quite as much as you do in baseball. That trot, you can yeah, take yeah. your sweet time. Yeah. You can give them the bird if you want, you know, whatever. Yeah. You can just, you can rub it in, but um, that, that is a pretty um, incredible feeling. So, well, but I, you, I would, I'd still rather score a try. All right. Well, that, that's pretty cool. And you can, you know what? We talked about this off camera too. I've got a baseball team, a hardball baseball team, <laughs> 18 and over, wooden bat only, predominantly Dominican that plays on Sundays in your off season. And I'm yeah. going to get you out on that, that diamond one of these days as like a what gas off season. Gorilla. are you talking about? Your rugby <laughs> off season. Well, like right, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. For the two weeks that you have off at home, yeah. you're not off. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. Well, I, my friend, I really appreciate it for c- coming on. Ca- uh, Caleb, the counter Geiger on MLR <laughs> Weekly. I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, buddy. Thanks very much. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? back with mr brian ray of america's rugby news brian always great to see you uh, what news brian well as you can see i'm sporting this tribute to one of the greatest rugby players ever to grace the field certainly from canada mr mike shepherd who announced his retirement from the professional game so thank you mr shep great warrior great guy off the pitch as well uh stepping into the coaching field Perhaps. Yeah, it looks like. I, I think certainly there's a lot of young players who could uh, learn a bit from his ferocity. Um, you know, one of the the great kind of enforcers in the early days of of MLR. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to be learned from from Mike. And I see that you're growing the beard out in deference to him as well. In tribute. It's going to take a little while to, to reach those standards, but we'll see what we can do. Or is this for the NHL playoffs? I get confused with you sometimes. Oh, come on now. Come on. We're, we're right. talking rugby here. Okay. All right. Let's talk some rugby. Let's talk some major league rugby. And let's talk specifically about two teams. Let's talk about Chicago uh, and Dallas. Let's talk about Chicago first. They were the newbies. Off-season moves and glaring needs. Let's go with off-season moves first. Well, I, I think that the, the main thing that, that Chicago has to do, and pretty much everybody saw it, uh, you know, right at the beginning of the season, is, is add more depth. It's, you know, their, their starting 15 went a lot of minutes this year. And, you know, Mark O'Keefe kind of wore down towards the end of the season, got injured, missed the last few games. But uh, you can see from the beginning, I mean, they only had Luke Cardi to play fly half. Chris Matina stepped in a few times, but they just needed more bodies to kind of 
you know, flesh out the, the squad a bit. So that's one thing. And, and to be fair, of course, they were on a very short runway. Uh, so they didn't have a lot of time to put a great, uh, you know, deep squad together. But we did see some guys come in towards uh, the end of the season. Certainly was very impressed with Tinashe Machana, the young Zimbabwean from uh, from Lindenwood, who made his uh, league debut. And he looks like a powerhouse. He'll, he's qualified for the Eagles now. And, you know, if that's what he wants to do, if he wants to play for the USA, I would think he might be of interest to Scott Lawrence. Um, you know, it, it looks like they're going to add some some interesting players this offseason. Number one, Nick McCarthy coming in. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, what was that last name? McCarthy, yeah. Is he, he's a relative of yours, is he? Of course. <laughs> he, uh, he, he's looked outstanding in his Eagles debut, so that's a great pickup for him. Interesting to see what they do with Michael Basco. Of course, he did not have a great season for whatever reason. Uh, you know, he was kind of going back and forth between scrub half and wing. So, you know, does he want to stick out wide? Does he does he move to another club? I'm not sure what happens there, but McCarthy's well, he cut obviously... The mullet. Once he cut the mullet... Maybe that was it. Maybe he just lost his... Back. He'll be fine. Lost his mullet mojo. Maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Sid Shoup came in and, you know, you have to say, he looked pretty decent for, you know, certainly we didn't expect a whole lot of him because we hadn't seen a lot of him in Austin. And I thought he did, you know, a pretty decent job. Sean Yakubian had another season where just struggled to stay on the pitch. I think he's probably going to be moving off to Miami. Um, but yeah, McCarthy's a huge pickup for them. It sounds like they're getting Dave Carney as well, uh, the former Ireland winger, uh, very, you know, experienced guy. They're not going to get Adam Byrne. He's decided to retire. He would have been another outstanding pickup for them, but you know, it'll be interesting. They're going to have to replace Cam Dodson. The second row uh, came in for the second half of the season. He's gone back to France. He's on a full-time contract with Oriac, so I don't think he's back. So they're going to have to find another big bopper at lock. And, uh, you know, is, is Duke Krishnan going to come back? He was, what, 34 or something like that this year. Kind of mixed results with him. Had some good I, days, had some I thought I saw something days. about him retiring, but I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but they're definitely going to need a little bit more beef in the, in, in the second row. And if Luke White's going to stay in the back row again, yeah, that's another reason why they'll have to do that. So, yeah, some moves to make. Uh, you know, the starting 15 on paper looks pretty solid. Another year together, then they'll be competitive. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, McCarthy is, is a step in the right direction for that. Sorry, what was that last name? <laughs> Does he spell it differently? Is there a second McCarthy? <laughs> uh, I, I, just, I just love hearing that. Just thrown out there, thrown out there. And he's my first cousin, so I, I am a little bit biased. All right, so let's go further south. Same conference as it stands right now, at least. And uh, since you kind of mushed the needs of Chicago in, give me Dallas offseason moves and glaring needs. Well, I think the most obvious thing is they need to get some domestic talent. Uh, you know, they had a pretty strong group of Argentine players coming in and, uh, you know, Sam Gala did his thing. But beyond him, you know, Danny Christensen actually did a pretty solid job as the backup scrum. But they just didn't have the American talent, the domestic talent or Canadian, uh, you know, a couple of nice Canadians in that squad. But they need more. They need more better domestic talent in behind that that horde of Argentines, and they've lost a couple of those Argentinian players and two good ones at that uh, Conrado Rura and Alejandro Torres going to Italy so that's certainly a loss wow. for them yeah they, they were both outstanding players wow, now we're gonna miss Rura yeah immensely well I mean the good thing is there are you know loose forwards around you can find so maybe Rura is possibly replaceable um you know torres was such a versatile guy he was outstanding at 10 played 13 played fullback for them so he's a tough one and it looks like marcos maroni could be their fullback could be heading down to miami that was interesting eric naposki now he missed a lot of the season 
Uh, we, we discussed this on the show, completely baffling that they left him open for the expansion and at least, you know, try to trade him or something. But so that's a huge loss for them. I'm, you know, you're talking about domestic talent. He's number one in the list for me of the guys you would want to retain. So, uh, but, you know, there are some, you know, young Canadians out there. Maybe they can look at some, uh, some of the young American talent. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they can do, but certainly they have to focus on the domestic part of their roster. They've already got uh, Pedro Imhoff coming back, resigned him. They got Sam Gala, which was absolutely a part. They did that in the season, so that was a good move. Uh, and they've got their captain, Geronimo Gomez-Vara, who is tremendous coming back. So that's that's big for them. So they've got some stuff to work with. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, there should be a lot of positivity around this squad. They looked better than their record indicated this year, I thought. Um, and uh, if they have that, they, they keep that core group of guys, they can build on that for next season. Okay, so who do you think's better off right now if the season were to start, Chicago or Dallas, right now? That's a tough call. Uh, I'd probably lean towards Chicago. I think they looked a little bit better towards the end of the season. Again, if they had that continuity. Um, and remember, they had, you know, the lowest, along with the arrows, the, the lowest number of import, uh, you know, spots in their match day 23 of any team. So if they have a full slate of those, all 10 heading into next season, they can bring in a couple more uh, imports. McCarthy, what a great name. You know, he's not an import, he's a domestic. So that's a huge uh, bonus for them. Carney will be an import, uh, but hey, you know, they, they bring in him, a couple other strong imports. Uh, I think Chicago is going to be a solid team. I think they'll be you know certainly pushing for a playoff spot in their second year dallas could be could be depends uh we'll see what happens but uh yeah they, they, i think dallas has a little bit more work to do in the off season and again uh you folks may remember that i used to work in chicago <laughs> that old department store <laughs> all right uh, final thoughts brian before we let you go well, I mean, we've got an interesting few weeks. I hear there's a, you know, since we're talking arrows, I hear there's a couple interesting announcements coming up. Uh, maybe not next week, but I think about two weeks away uh, from now could be a good week. Uh, you know, sometime after Labor Day could be some some exciting news for the arrows. So certainly looking uh, forward to that. And, you know, I, well, well, I can you give us a hint. Uh, well, I think I mentioned in the show something about a head coach or some new head coach from the Southern Hemisphere okay. from somewhere warm. Kiwi uh, so guy coming in probably for that, and there, and there might be another thing uh, tucked away somewhere up under under their sleeves a little bit. So oh, this so, you're going to so, save this for America's Rugby News, right? So we'll see. And hey, we haven't, we still haven't got really the announcement of this whole LA thing, and have we? I mean, we know they're going to LA now, but you know, Johan Momsen definitely going there. He's confirmed that, so that's huge for them. But I think it's going to be a very, very different roster. It's not going to be ATL at all in LA. Just a handful of those guys I would expect to be there. But uh, uh, looking forward to seeing that announcement whatever they're gonna well, call themselves and all that the, the paperwork is a little bit complicated and you also have the shadow of the previous owner of the guiltinis gilgronis potentially hanging over the this whole thing and having to potentially deal with him uh that's just my speculation but you know it, it, if that's the case it's a little bit trickier but from all indications all reports that i, I get uh, it is going to happen, so they're they're full steam ahead, as though it's happening. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing the same thing right now. So, uh, you know, hopefully they they can at least get uh, you know part of that sorted out, and, and sooner than later they can make a, their their big reveal. I guess. I think they learned their lesson from letting things go too long the last time with L.A. and Austin, and they wanted to make a decision 
quickly and act upon it. So there you have it. So that's, that's, I think, a good thing. And on that note, I want to thank Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning, Mr. Caleb Geiger of Rugby New York and Team USA, and thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including the critically acclaimed The Rugby Odds, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Please tell your friends about us. Sign up for our weekly newsletter, and please join our American Red Cross blood donor team.